color of leadership. A seat at the table. Join Dr. Anthony Rice and his more than 20 years of education. Let's talk. This is The Color of Leadership. All right. Um, Again, my name is Dr. Anthony Rice. Um, What I'm doing today is, I mean, my mission of this podcast was just to bring relevance uh, to the educational system, especially for African-American males. Um, I've been in the educational system for about 23 years um, as a football coach, um, as a uh, teacher, and as an administrator for for an administrator for about 13, 14 years. Um, I got my doctorate from Cal Poly Pomona uh, in social justice uh, in 2021. Um, but, you know, as I see and as I look at education, there's a there's a small number of African-American males, especially in leadership roles. So what I wanted to do, is, especially for this podcast, I really wanted to make sure that um, I get the information I need because I, I'm not understanding why there isn't so there aren't that many uh, African male American males doing this type of work. Um, you know, when you look at the data, when you look at data with with all these school districts, you'll see that African American males are at the lowest end of the um, academic spectrum in terms of just academics. But I can see why because a lot of times they don't see people that look like them um, in roles of leadership. And so for me, uh, I felt that that was something that was very um, discouraging, uh, especially being an uh, administrator myself. Um, I don't see a lot of principals in this role, especially at the secondary level or or at the elementary level. So I really wanted to just get an idea and just an understanding and just, you know, talk to more educators. And it doesn't have to be um, uh, black educators. It could be, uh, you know, white, Hispanic, uh, Asian, um, you know, uh, Pacific Islander. I just want to get an understanding of, you know, just their perspective on just the, their leadership and what they see in terms of where leadership is going for, just especially for men of color. And for me, I just wanted to make sure that, you know, I just wanted to get to hear the voices of those people that are doing the work and kind of get a better understanding of how we can improve the system and, and make sure that we're getting more people involved or getting more, more people into um, the educational realm so that we can, you know, better prepare our students that look like us. And so for me, I just wanted to make sure that, um, I brought it to the attention because you don't see a lot of podcasts that are dealing with education. A lot of the podcasts deal with, you know, other, other subjects, but I think this is, a, this is an important subject. And I really think that we really need to, uh, you know, dive deep into the reason why uh, some of these things are occurring and why, why aren't we seeing a lot of uh, African-American, African-American men and men of color in these roles. And just to give you a little bit of perspective about myself and who I am and why I'm so passionate about this work, um, I would say, um, you know, it started back when I was, um, you know, when I was in elementary and when I when I started, um, I never saw anyone of color who looked like me in um, in this in this in this in this profession. And I didn't really, you know, prevail until I got into high school and started playing sports and started uh, connecting with coaches and connecting with, um, you know, just mentors that I um, had, but they didn't look like me as well. And so it was just something that was very um, pervasive for me to just be able to um, have an opportunity to um, to do this work. That's really why I, I got into administration. I started coaching first. I was coaching uh, high school football. Um, I coached um, for at least 11 years um, at that time. I saw myself um, being very productive and making sure that, you know, student athletes, uh, we're getting in, getting scholarships, getting into colleges, and and making sure that they had opportunity to excel, 
in their um you know in their you know athletic experience and as far as their you know academic experience as well so it was very important for me to be able to um to see that and so i i really started um my getting passionate about um administration after my coaching experience because i saw that a lot of our students especially students again that look like me weren't really excelling in academics and um, I just wanted to understand why. So I just felt it was very important for me to uh, put myself in a situation to where I can be a, an effective, uh, you know, game changer in, 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 in education. So, I mean, coaching, I loved it. I thought it was a great opportunity for me, but I felt that I can create uh, better opportunities for students than being in education. And, um, and I'm very passionate about it. And when I see, uh, when, when you're looking at data, you're looking at things, you're looking at, um, you know, data for students, uh, African-American students as well, especially males, and you see the um, discrepancies, the, disproportion- the disproportionality in it, it's really bad. And so my thing is, um, I'm very passionate about that. And I think that that's something that's really dri- has driven me into even uh, continuing my education as well, because, you know, I think the more that I uh, acquire knowledge, the more that I can be more helpful in terms of just you know, helping build capacity, not only with, within students, within teachers, within uh, other administrators, because a lot of times they don't understand it. They don't know the, um, the I would say, the barriers that that we face in, in this game that we play in terms of administration. So it's very important that um, I dive into this, dive into this. So I get people to understand the importance of having, you know, people of color in, in, in this game. All right. So one story in particular that, you know, which is was an aha moment for me, um, especially when I was coaching. I was um, I had a former student, uh, Quayshawn Buckley. He was a, a special ed student. Um, you know, one of the things that kind of um, kind of touched me about this student is because, you know, was, I mean, when you look at him body shape wise, he was, you know, he was a, a division one athlete, but he was a special ed student. And I think that at that point and at that time, you know, we had a conversation and he didn't really believe that he can go to college because he felt that he couldn't read, he couldn't, um, you know, he couldn't do, um, the, you know, he couldn't do things that a regular ass student could do. So it was very frustrating for him that he couldn't go to college. And so for me, um, I made sure that um, we had, we, we found the resources for this young man so that he was able to, um, you know, attain the goals that he wanted to attain in terms of being a, a you know, a collegiate student. And what the, the great, the great thing about it is when he went to college, He's now a teacher in Idaho. Um, he's a teacher in Idaho now, and he has a master's degree. And you talk about a student from who went from not believing in himself, uh, from being a special ed, you know, from being coming from special ed background to now um, being able to teach students and uh, coach students and, and be able to coach as well. So, and, you know, that, that was a proud moment for me, but it was an aha moment because there's a lot of students that are out there that are like that that people just can't, don't have the resources and don't have the know-how to know how to help them. And so people in education as well. So, I mean, and you'll see a lot of administrators that have the same frustration as Quayshawn did in terms of not knowing how to utilize the resources that can get them, you know, get them across to be, you know, to become an an effective administrators. So what I did was I just, I I took my resources and took my uh, networking, um, you know, from being able to network with other people and, 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 and just take those skills and just helped him and gave him the resources and build his capacity. So, but again, that was an aha moment for me in terms of how to, how we can help and develop students. All interested parties in the most significant topics in the country. 
exclusionary practices, and the underrepresentation of leadership of those who serve the underserved. Let's talk. This is The Color of Leadership with Dr. Anthony Rice. All right. Once again, we're back uh, again. I'm your host, Dr. Anthony Rice, and we're we have an amazing guest with us today. Um, again, uh, Dr. Um, Angelique Butler, who's going to be with us. Uh, we're going to be talking about again the color of leadership. Um, we're going to talk about the um, expendability of African American uh, male and female administrators in this game. So, you know, Ms. Butler, why don't you kind of share with your experience and what we were talking about in terms of, um, you know, just just your experience of, in leadership? Um, my experience uh, has been a struggle, uh, to say the least. Um, I have many years of education behind me in the educational field, but I'm finding that, um, as in many uh, fields, um, just like education, that we have to have not only many years of experience, but also um, all types of credentials behind us to get to places that others who don't look like us get in a matter of a few years. Um, my experience has been um, just such that, you know, we talk about in, uh, especially within administration, um, at-will employment, which makes it real difficult when you don't have a union and when you don't have evalu- an evaluative process. So oftentimes what happens when there's so few, so few um, African-Americans in particular and people of color is that you may work a year and you get come March, which we all know March is about March is the the, the month that we all um, as administrators dread because you don't know. You don't know whether you're going to be coming back, moving, um, or as at, in particular going back into the classroom, which is, you know, quote unquote, a demotion. And so, you know, it, it, it's definitely something that um, I think all administrators dread, but I think um, in terms of uh, people of color and having to, um, I'll just put it out there, having to be better than most um, in order to secure a position to lead a school. Um, oftentimes we find that with um, people of color, in particular males, um, even if you are chosen to be an administrator, um, you're going to have certain roles and, and generally your role may be over discipline or uh, you know, attendance, not really the instructional role that many of us have the um, capabilities to do. Let me piggyback on that because a lot of times, and again, I, I can talk about this because I've been in, you know, in this game for 12 years. And so um, a lot of times you'll see, especially African-American men, will get placed in positions of, say, you'll be over, to, you'll be over security. Um, you'll, be, you're, you'll take the heavy load of making sure that students are, are you're over discipline and attendance and things like that? Not really over the instructional practices of of the um, of the institution because I'm not I don't feel as if um, you know and this is just my experience I just feel that they're we're not trusted enough to do that. What is their perception of the reason why we're not able to get into these roles of of leadership in terms of being able to really run uh, schools, especially for males? And in a particular district that I'm in right now, there are um, I think there's only one African American man who's doing principal, who's doing elementary. There's two that are uh, assistant principals. One at the uh, alt ed, and the other one at the uh, middle school. And you know, sad to say, he was a principal before, um, before he got there in another district. And what's weird is because you know you you would think because he has experience, 
and he's done that job before that he would be able to kind of just segue into a principal position. Um, but a lot of times what I'm, um, what I'm seeing is that, um, you know, even if you have been a principal before and they've moved you to, uh, into another role, um, it's hard to get back into that principal role. And so a lot of times, um, I, I'm, and that's pretty much where I, I want to get an understanding of, um, how do we navigate through this is, um, as African-American um, employees and how we can figure out a way to be able to work together so that we can either get mentorship, uh, get mentored through this process and, and mentored through the, through the program. This is The Color of Leadership with Dr. Anthony Rice. All right, back to The Color of Leadership with Dr. Anthony Rice again. And we were just, um, we were, we were just talking about stereotypes and stereotypes for um, African-Americans, especially males, in terms of this role of leadership, um, a lot of times you'll see, um, and, and like I was expressing before, you know, I uh, was sharing with you before um, a situation with one of my um, colleagues who had been a prior principal before. Now he's in one of the, my districts, uh, in the district that I'm working it uh, with right now. He's an assistant principal, and um, you know, you you would think because he has the experience to do that work that he would segue into a position of leadership. Um, you know, he's been in the district for about four years, but I've seen around me um, approximately probably five or six administrators uh, of, of um, it could be it, of color. No, not of color, but administrators that have been appointed to situate to principal positions. And, um, you know, you have people who have already done that work. Now they're sitting at assistant principal positions. But I wonder why that is that he's not able to um, kind of put himself back in that in that in that in that uh, leadership seat of being able to uh, lead a school. And, you know, is, is it a is it a question of trust? Is it a question of um, not being able to, um, you know, trust that person in that position again because he was in the position and why wasn't he able to uh, excel where he was at? Uh, there could be many reasons why. I've seen uh, other I've I've seen other um, principles of non-color of, uh, you know, non-color principles, white principles that were never effective, uh, that weren't effective, but, um, instead of uh, moving them, uh, back or demoting them, um, they just got, uh, parallel to another position to where that they can lead again without any ramifications. It's just like for us, it's just always something. And it's always something that uh, we can't recover from. And, you know, it's just like sports. Think about it. Um, you think about, if you think about football, you think about the, the um, you know, the NFL right now. And you think about the African-American male coach in the NFL. Uh, they get one opportunity to do it right. And if they don't do it right, they never get a, It seems like they never get an opportunity again. So I kind of, I kind of get that parallel to administration to the, to the NFL because I can kind of relate to that because I had an opportunity to be there. And you'll see that uh, just men of color, especially men of color in, um, in, uh, in leadership roles, you only get one opportunity and one opportunity to do it right, which is, which is unfortunate. And you think about it, the parallel, you think about NFL, you know, the pretty much the majority of people who own the NFL are, 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 um, you know, are white, um, you know, white people. And then if you look at the educational system, which is predominantly um, Caucasian in terms of just, you know, just, it, you know, the board or it could be the board. It could be the, um, 
you know, cabinet. It could be your superintendents. It kind of it kind of parallels the NFL to, uh, to itself to a T, because again, like if you look at if you look at the um, if you look at the the demographics of both, they are similar in terms of um, their ma- their makeup. And so it's just really weird on how that that seems to happen. And then you again, you talk or do you hear, um, you know, people advocating for it, but the advocating is either, you know, it, it takes something drastic for that to even happen. Like, for instance, we're we're talking about equity along along the lines of a lot of districts and how we're going to put people of color in positions of leadership and making sure that, you know, there's equitable access for everyone. But when you look at that, there's really not equitable access for everyone. When you look at that, there's really not equitable access for everyone. And it's sad to say, because at the same time, you know, people are, you know, building programs and making programs around equity and, you know, creating positions around equity. But then when you look at, when you look at those positions, who are they looking for? They're looking for someone who's African-American or Hispanic to do that work in terms of equity. But then when you start looking at all the other, um, you know, opportunities that are out there in terms of just principals, uh, directors, um, positions of those of those natures, they're not looking for that particular person. And so I just um, it's just really, um, you know, it's really frustrating. But again, the reason why um, I really wanted to do this podcast is because I really wanted to um, I really wanted to. gather more information. I want to hear others' thoughts. I want to make sure that I'm, you know, I'm understanding it myself because I'm doing this work and and I'm going to be doing it for a very long time. But I really want to uh, get to the root cause of why uh, we aren't um, represented in in education. Uh, It was part of my leadership. Um, Part of my doctoral work was the underrepresentation of um, African-American men in district leadership and principal roles. So it's very important for me to be able to uh, establish a um, a platform to where people can really uh, voice their thoughts, and because there's a lot of us out there that are doing this work and very frustrating on why we're getting passed over um, by um, you know in positions where we know that we're capable of doing this work, but we're not going to be able to do the work because it's a it's a level of trust and it's a level a level of um, comfort comfortability for people and i think a lot of times they aren't comfortable with uh with us so i mean do you, did you see how i paralleled the two q with the n i mean because it, it, it's almost a, a perfect picture when you look at when you look at the nfl and you look at education right and the reason why i'm able to utilize use that parallel is because you know i've been i've been to both you know what i mean i've been able to have an opportunity to go play a professional, being a professional athlete and understand. I mean, I, I wasn't, you know, a coach, but I, I had an opportunity to see it from a different perspective, right? So, you know, when I'm looking at, you know, hiring practices for the NFL, they always, they're always talking about, okay, um, we need to hire more African-American men. If you look at the, if you look at, if you think about NFL, 95, 98, 95% of their athletes are black, right? And 95% of their athletes are black and Ninety-eight percent of their coaches are white, and the, our, our head coaches are white. And then you have, you know, all your uh, assistant coaches are black. You know what I mean? But you know, they know that they need to work with those students, right? So in education, why, if you know that your African American students are failing, and you know that they're struggling, why wouldn't you hire 
more African American, more male, male or female employees to help build their capacity. Because if you look at if you if you look at um, research, research says students really do better when they're amongst people who look like them. There's the, there's there's research out there that says if I have, and especially from first to third grade, if I have a teacher who looks like me from, you, I guess you you'll read better. Um, you, I mean, you'll read better. Your skills are be, going to become a lot better. So a lot of those things are are evident in research, and people aren't really understanding and really aren't putting that putting the time to say okay. And, and you'll hear people say, but we're out, you know, we're we're our recruiting, but you have good people in your spaces. You have really good people in your spaces, but you got your guys aren't really grooming them and putting them into roles so that they're able to do the work that's needed to help build capacity of those type of students. And so, for me, it's very important that um, you know. Again, like I said, I just want to I want to build a platform to give people an opportunity to just share their information, share their experience, and share their knowledge on why this these conversations are important to have so that we can help, um, help can, you know, help build the capacity of education in itself because it's, you know, it's, it's, it's the color is changing, you know what I mean? And it's weird. So I'll just say this, Dr. Rice, you have powerful, you have powerful, um, statistics that you could probably, um, engage in the conversation about the percent of um, African-American leaders and focusing on maybe um, that and having those conversations in terms of, like you said, um, recruitment and retention of African-Americans. Um, and why is it that, you know, why is it that, uh, although you may even have a panel and you may, you, but you, they don't want to, they don't want to have specific conversation about through the organization about what they're looking for and why, as you said, you know, they, they, we're talking about it, but, but yet it's, it's not come to fruition. So those are things like, as you expound on it, because you do have some powerful statistics, you have it at the, I know you have it at the national level, I believe state level, um, that it, it, it's a, it's as a key was saying, it's definitely an aha for some people who don't even know about that. Yeah, and 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 I, I would say like on our in our next opportunity we we can share this um, we can kind of bring in the statistics and bring in the numbers in terms of um, the lack of and also looking at um, also looking at the um, the retention like you said retention and mentorship you know what I mean mentoring programs um, that could be set up um, for for um, how we uh, you know how we navigate the system. Which is which is lacking, um, and I mean I've been in four different districts, and each district, um, you know, has a a small amount of African Americans, especially males. You know, one of and one of my colleagues that I uh, now work with, um, you know, he's getting a doctorate at USC right now, and um, you know, he just got a new job as a, a assistant principal, um, and when I saw that his role, I already knew what his role was going to be. It was in discipline. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? He got a job as an administrator over discipline. You know what I mean? Not over, I mean, not over instruction, uh, not over AVID, not over anything instructionally, in, in anything that puts you in an instructional space. It's always that work that we always have to police somebody. 
You know what I mean? They're going to they're gonna pay us money to police uh, teachers and police kids and make sure that we're, we're dealing with the families and dealing with the parents because, you know, they know that we can do that work. You know what I mean? They know that we can put ourselves in situations to where we can talk and calm parents down. And, 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 and you know, it, it's weird because, you know, I've, it, it's so strange because I, and I'm going to give you an aha moment because I remember when I first started administration and one of my principals, um, you know, we were dealing with the African-American employee. And the first thing she told me was, you need to go get your people. You know what I mean? Now, if I said that to a white employee, I probably would have been fired. You know what I mean? Which is sad. You know what I mean? And there's some things, there, there's some double standards in, in in this game that we don't ever, that we don't ever discuss, that we don't ever talk about. Because, you know, at the end of the day, you, we can only say so much because if we don't, if we do, we, we can be, remember that whole at will employee you know, you can say something that can, can piss some people off. And at that point, then, you know, you, you'll be marching in on March 15th because we don't have a union and we don't have anyone that we can um, put ourselves in situations to where people can protect us. You know what I mean? So it's, you have to really, and, and a friend of mine was, was telling me there's a yellow line that people don't cross, right? You know, especially in education, it's that yellow line, because if you stand up for what's right, and you know it's right in your heart, but if you cross that yellow line, it's like you're crossing that line to where you know other people believe they have their own beliefs, and you got to share your beliefs with them. You know what I mean? And it's sad because if you have your own beliefs and you want to do what's right, sometimes if they don't believe that that that's what's right, then that can put you in a particular situation to where you cannot be employed anymore. So it's just one of those things where we have to walk this fine line of how we're going to lead and how we're going to do things in this in this game. Because if we don't, we can really put ourselves in a situation to where we don't have this 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 employment anymore, and so it's not like teaching to where you make mistakes and um, you know you have a union and you could um, you know pretty much just kind of just guide through administration or some something else. And so my thing is, how do we put ourselves in a situation to where maybe maybe one, maybe one day we need to get unionized? You know what I mean? So we, we're not just union at, at will employees. You know what I mean? And, and come up with a, uh, you know, come up with some type of policy to where it's not just, you know, we can come in and do our, our work and not be afraid to do our work. And because we're feeling like we're going to say something wrong, that's going to put us in situations to where it's not going to be, um, we're not going to be looked um, at as someone who's part of that team. And so for me, it's very important that we uh, discuss these issues so that we're able to um, share our common knowledge so that we can be better and better educators across the board. So, yeah. So some of the things that I wrote down as you were talking um, and I'll kind of be doing this for you because I think you bring up three different points that are powerful and maybe I like the yellow line. Maybe we move into the yellow line and have a discussion about what you've learned about the yellow line, being a person of color and knowing that there is a place for you and why some people, some people, you know, don't cross that yellow line. You know, and I think that's a huge one. I think um, if you, if you have people of color, especially um, that are in experiencing uh, what, what we've experienced at a certain time, you know, point, there's going to be a lot of discussion on the yellow line, what that actually means in education, uh, policing your own when you do get those jobs. And as you said, when you are, over behavior, it allows, you know, what that does is put you, it puts you in a position to police your own. Uh, we know what the suspension rate is for African-Americans in most districts. 
um, you know, students of color are the ones that are sus- suspended most often. And so policing your own, it's like, well, okay, well, you didn't, I, you know, I, we're not doing it. You did it. Um, you know, putting you in a role to talk to parents of color, if you're of color, um, that's huge. And then one of the other things you talked about is the unionization of administration, which is huge. You know, there's so many things that we can kind of share and kind of discuss as we go, because there's so many obstacles and so many barriers that we face, uh, you know, in this leadership and our leadership roles. And again, like those three factors that you said, that yellow line is one um, policing our own. uh, A lot of times is the reason why we are chosen for positions. You know what I mean? Because they're having they're having issues with say a, a group of a group of stu- a group of you know students that they need to um, you know get get control of right or employees that they're having difficult times with so they thought okay what we need to do we need to find an African American male or female to come and do this work I remember when I was um, uh, in a particular district where I was um, supporting uh, HR in a recruiting fair. And one of the questions that I asked uh, the uh, director at the time, I said, "Hey, so what what are we um, what are we particularly looking for when we when we're recruiting?" She told, I mean, she specifically said, "We looking for Hispanics," uh, knowing that there's a lack of administ- African Americans in our district. That for her, per, her words per, 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 persistently was, "We're looking for Hispanics," and I understand that because at the same time. You know, if you look at the demographics of your districts, the the the, the Latino population is the, um, the the highest population of students that you're dealing with. We aren't doing well is African Americans. So, but again, they they target us when they need us. You know what I mean? They'll target us when they want something that they specifically want done, um, but they won't target us when they just want to find someone who's really good at doing their job and putting putting their putting their stamp on things, they won't target us. You know what I mean? And I've seen that. I mean, like, again, I said, like I said before, I've been in four different districts and um, I would, I would even, I would even address if I wasn't even an athlete, um, it would probably be hard, harder for me to navigate this system. A lot of times because I have a a professional background um, in sports, a lot of times they, they see that as a, uh, as a um, opportunity for students to see, uh, oh, well he did it. You can too. You know what I mean. And it's just one of those things where, um, you know, it would probably be hard, a lot harder for me to navigate this system if I wasn't in in those um, in those particular areas of professionalism. And so for me, it just kind of uh, tends itself. But a lot of times, when, when you talk, when I talk to some of my colleagues, a lot of them have already um, we we've shared the same experience in terms of how we've navigated through our uh, educational experience. And it's kind of, it's, 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 it's a different, it's a different game for us. It's a different game for us and and it's not equitable. And at the same time, you know, when you look at it, it's very frustrating. All right. So again, this concludes our, um, our podcast. Um, I just want to say thank you all for uh, listening. Uh, thank you again, Dr. Butler for, um, being a, a, uh, host and, and contestant on, on our, on our show. And again, um, next week, I hope you guys tune in next week. We have a lot uh, more information to, um, you know, to provide you. We just want to get an understanding of how we want to navigate this system. And but we're going to need everyone's uh, perspective on the better ways on how we can um, be better, be, be more productive 
as people of color in this game of, of educational leadership. So if you want to kind of um, lead into that, Dr. Butler, and kind of finish us off with something, that would be awesome. Thank you, Dr. Rice, and thank you for having me today. And we will be tuning in and hopefully having some more very interesting dialogue around a lot of the issues that um, you bring up today. And we, when we've dialogued um, the yellow line, uh, policing your own, and uh, as I said, um, unionization maybe even that we're going to have to do as um, people of color to thrive in the educational system. So yeah, really excited about this. Uh, look forward to continued conversations and some powerful conversations as we dwell into this um, fact even more. Once again, we're um, hoping that you come back and you come back with us as often as you can and sharing a lot of your thoughts and ideas and dialogue. Um, we're going we're gonna to do this and we're going to do it powerful and with the hopes that uh, we will all move forward in this game called leadership and excited uh, to continue our conversations. All right. This is Dr. Rice with the Color of Leadership. On behalf of Dr. Butler, I want to thank you. and uh, Thank you, everyone, for tuning in and have a blessed day. This is... The Color of Leadership with Dr. Anthony Rice.